0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, and it is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. And this week, we've got Arusha Pires, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. We're
1: going to do a little bit of Wee time. How are you doing, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. It's always uh, these weed times come by sooner uh, than, you get, than I can imagine. Sometimes so- Sooner and more frequently than you.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, we'll go ahead and take a look at the current market, as always. And you know what? We're going to dive down because uh, we were talking with Richard Moglin last week on the podcast. And one of the things he said that really struck both of us was how a lot of the traders that he's interviewed um, are really into history. So we're going to take a little jaunt down history uh history lane and go back to 2000 because that was a pretty pretty rough bear market with a lot of false follow-through days and we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper so that people kind of understand how easy it is to be suckered in by some of those false follow-through days and why it makes sense to keep your exposure low so that'll be kind of our lesson for the second segment and then as always we'll take a look at some of the stocks that are potentially setting up but i'll be honest with you it's slim pickings out there so Might we'll do our segment. best Justin, what's that might be a quick segment, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, yeah, just a oh, nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. Um, so let's go ahead and start with the market. Arusha, uh, how about you pull up the Nasdaq Composite and what is your take? We had a follow through day on Friday uh, that was kind of short lived. What was uh, what was your course of action there?
1: Well, well, well. First thing, it still lives. Barely, it still living, but, okay. but, but it is living. Okay, the old um, I'm not dead yet. Uh, yeah, from yeah. Python, so, right? so there, there, there's still a chance, right? I mean, like, Dumb <laughs> and Dumber. So you're telling me there's still a chance? Yeah. Uh, so it is kind of almost a one in a million type of thing. But uh, we had that falter day on Friday. The volume was a little deceiving because that was the rebalancing of the Russell. Uh, mm-hmm. But that being said, we're just going to take out a face value. We put the market back into a confirmed uptrend. But yesterday we had a distribution day. Mm-hmm. And so that's ideally you get you avoid a distribution day uh, after the first. There's a three day window after that yeah. fall day. You don't want to have a distribution day within that window it's so early on. But we had it on the second day. So that automatically decreases the probabilities for success. By quite a bit. I think it's like a 90% failure rate when that window, when a distribution day falls within those first three days. So it's still hanging in there. We're still under pressure. The market started selling off a little bit today, but came back. It was on higher volume, but we were slightly down. So it didn't qualify for a fall through day. Uh, and, and so we'll just take take it as is. Now, I think the bigger thing, Justin, You mean distribution is... day, right? Sorry. Yeah. Day. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of dreaming of, of a <laughs> right, falter day. that exactly. works. Or I've seen it. too many You're just that optimistic, days. huh? <laughs> yes. But we've had, we've seen a lot of, this is the fifth falter day that we've had since the beginning of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and we've had, we had a falter day last week. We had a falter day, I think the week before, right? We, we're starting to see quite a bit of falter days because the market has been more volatile here. But uh, so under pressure the bigger i think the bigger issue is that there are even fewer stocks that are yeah. setting up than previous fall through days and and so to answer the question that you asked five minutes ago when i asked before my <laughs> diatribe here uh i i honestly didn't do anything I, I i was so distracted on friday i didn't buy anything on friday so i committed almost to cardinal sin Uh, and i was just planning to buy something very very small uh i I just to put something and and follow the rules you must look for something to buy and if you see something just buy something very small i didn't do that i still haven't done it especially after yesterday's fall uh distribution day so you know what chances are since i haven't bought anything i'm not really buying anything yet Mm -hmm. it probably could work uh because i'm not in the market but uh you don't want to be heavily invested here uh and but you just we just kind of have to go through kind of the process right now we're, we're in a bear market the reality is that you're going to have a number of falter days that fail and uh, and just kind of wear out we're in that kind of wearing out kind of wearing down frustrating everybody type of process right here but that's what bear markets do they kind of just weed everyone out and make everyone give up including us where we haven't even been in the market that much Uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, what's the point, you know, why should we buy stocks? All they do is go down. Right. And once you start thinking that, then you're probably getting closer to the bottom.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the kind of more professional side, you, you do sometimes see people closing up shop. Right. I mean, the, the, the money kind of dries up, uh, you know, people aren't interested in investing. Uh, this is where you kind of get a weeding of a lot of these areas, uh, you know, hedge funds and so on where they, they just can't survive. And then there's those individual traders that maybe in 2020 said, you know what, I don't need a job. I can just trade for a living because, you know, if the market returns are like this every year, uh, it's great. And you're getting a lot of those people that are saying, okay, well, maybe this isn't maybe this isn't a, a thing that I want a full-time job where I have to rely on what I make in the market to eat and to, to pay my rent and everything. Um, so personally, what I did was I actually did buy... Um, did buy some index ETFs. Uh, cause okay. again, I just didn't really see that much that was setting up in a, in a way that I felt comfortable with. Um, I, I, did, I did get into a few healthcare stocks, but it was really mostly, um, you know, an investment in the index ETFs. And then yesterday it was back right back out. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, think I, I think I, I, I scaled in, you know, t- with two buys, um, I was, Uh, a little bit profitable on my first buy and a little bit uh, down on my second buy. So that's kind of like no harm, no foul. Right. Um, But let's, let's go ahead and back up a little bit because uh, one of the, one of the rallies that we did have, and again, I, I think the easiest ones are when the follow through fails quickly. And, and while, as you said, there's still a chance we haven't failed yet. We did get that distribution day in that window we also got the undercut of the follow-through day. So yesterday yes. we closed below the low of the follow-through day. And that usually is another thing, you know, between the distribution day in that early window and the follow-through day undercut. Those are two things that usually do lead to um, an eventual rally failure, or at least very little progress for a while. Um, so, uh, luckily for most of these rallies i feel like most of these follow through days they have failed pretty quickly but let's go back to march and take a look at the march rally because that one that one did feel like hey this this might have some legs and i think enough to get people almost suckered in to a point um by the time they finally maybe believed like oh wait you know we're back above the 50 day moving average line this could go this could go higher um that's when it kind of pulled the rug out from under uh, a lot of folks and the nasdaq interestingly got right up to its 200 day moving average line and that's where it turned tail so um do you think that we might should we be ready for some of these tradable rallies that maybe don't portend the eventual return back to new highs
1: but could be tradable um but short-lived i think you always have to be ready for that counter trend rally because mm-hmm. some a lot of times when the markets get so bad, you can have a counter trend rally or bear market rally that can be very, very powerful. Uh, and we saw a decent one, as you mentioned, in March. Now we had the follow through day first on the SP, right? And, you know, that was like March 16th. Yeah, there, and yeah, and you're right. I mean, it went, it got po- it was powerful enough. To draw me in, I think around thirty percent invested uh, at that point, where it's just like, okay, I got to get something because mm-hmm. y- who knows? I mean, you you, you got past uh, you got past the resistance, uh, past a little bit past forty six hundred on the, the S and and then eventually you know, that's where it started to fail. But it it, it was long enough. It, it's amazing that if if a market rallies for like a couple of weeks, how quickly your mind can shift. And all of a sudden you you think that the market's going to always keep going up. It doesn't take that long, at least for me, for the for the markets to start moving up or or even stocks to move up, to start almost forgetting how bad the last few months were. Right. So. uh, So, yeah. So in this rally, you have to take it at face value. It kept working. And who knows? I mean, in another time, it could have kept going. Uh, But so you always have to be prepared. That's what makes it so hard. It, It. you're you're out completely out of the market you get that follow-through day and if you're not quick or if you if you kind of let your opinions get uh too involved in the decision making there's going to come a time where you're going to be a hundred percent convinced that that follow through day is not going to work and then it's going to <laughs> the rally is going to start right the next right. market's going to start and you're going to be caught you know flat-footed uh, i was a hundred percent convinced in 2020 on March, uh, well, April 6th of 2020, that there's no way that this rally is going to work with that type of devastation that we saw the six weeks mm-hmm. earlier. But you have to you you have to, you know, take it at face value and, and look for some stocks to buy just to get a little bit of uh, exposure on the market because once you start seeing some of those positions that you bought start working, that can help shift your mindset and make you realize, oh my gosh, this could actually work. And, and that's something we keep
0: on talking about. Uh, you know, we've we've shared both of our stories of, um, you know, mistakes that we've made in the past of going in too deep too early. And that's one of the benefits of kind of going slow, right? If you, if you do go slow, it gives you that opportunity to, even if you don't believe it, you're at least doing something, but you're not putting so much out there that you're going to get super hurt. Uh, again, there's a big difference between going you know, 100% invested. And if you take a lot of 8% hits to all your positions, let's say you have, you know, 5, 8, 10 positions, and you take an 8% hit on all of them, you're, you're looking at a big drawdown, as opposed to if you hit an 8% stop loss on one or two positions, that's not going to do much damage to your portfolio. And, and again, a lot of times, with at least what we've seen here and this is fairly typical a lot of these follow-through days that are failing are failing quickly so there really isn't too much reason to get too heavy in uh not to mention the fact that as as we keep saying there just don't seem to be a lot of setups at least in april of 2020 you had some cup with handles you had some you know some stocks that were actually looking strong relative to the market and seemed like they were setting up so uh, it's definitely a, a a big difference there. And then uh, we had Joe Fami on uh, IBD Live this week, and I mean, one of the big points he was making is uh, it, it's the old adage, "Don't fight the Fed." Yeah. We've got a very different Fed stature and and positioning or posture, I should say, uh, right now than we did in April, where they were opening up the spigots and you know printing money and whatever we have to do to introduce liquidity into this market uh, they were willing to do back in 2020. And now it's, um you know, we, we had some, I guess, in March, for example, some feeling like, oh, maybe, maybe they are going to go slow. Maybe, you know, maybe inflation isn't too bad. And then I think those, those hopes have been quickly dashed. And, uh, you know, between, between the runoff, the, you know, the balance sheet, and now we've got some you know, 75 basis point rate hikes that we've been staring down. Uh, It's it's a very different environment in terms of liquidity side. So uh, something to really consider there. Um, One final thing before we kind of wrap this up on the market. Uh, What about shorting? Is that something that I mean, we didn't quite get to the the 50 day moving average line on the Nasdaq composite. If you if you flip to the weekly chart, uh, you will see that we did kind of get to the 10 week line and then got turned away again. Um, is, this, is this something that you're looking at as, as shorting opportunity?
1: Yeah, so I actually did short a little bit of the index okay. uh, with an e- index ETF yesterday. I totally for, for, forgot about that, but right <laughs> right when the market was, it was maybe halfway through the day yesterday mm-hmm. when it was starting to fail. I was like, okay, because I always, I always ask myself that question, right? Usually when the markets, when, when we go into a correction and when things really get bad, I try to stay mostly on the sidelines because I don't, because in the past when markets were bad, and I remember 2008, I was trying to short a bunch. It took me longer to shift back when we got the Father day in 2009. I was still in the shorting mentality. So I I got hit there, and then it just took me a while. It, It just took me too long, honestly, to really realize that, hey, the market has turned, I need to go long. And so really after that, and especially after hearing that Bill O'Neill himself wasn't shorting that much uh, during uh, corrections or bear markets, I I just realized that, you know, let me focus more on the long side. I've always found shorting three times is harder than going long. And so it gives me an opportunity to kind of take that mental break. Mm -hmm. But this time around, I think one thing that is possible, at least for me, is to short the indexes right yeah. so you don't necessarily have to worry about uh individual stocks uh, short the indexes at least i have a little at least i can kind of go with kind of larger trend in the in the market um uh, and see how that works so so that's what i'm trying again uh i'm never very good at it now this has been a tremendous year for shorting if, if you're good at it right i mean it's almost like the 20 it's the 2020 for bears uh, so mm-hmm. there have been a lot of opportunities. And when I look back, you know, I kind of kicked myself that why wasn't I paying more attention and, and, uh, getting a little more aggressive and shorting a number of the stocks that I was buying in 2020, but you know, that hi- hindsight's 2020 there too. Yeah. So, uh, but, so I, I kind of wish, I mean, that's something that I, I, I kind of wish that I got better at or, or took more advantage of. But that being said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing more kind of the indexes, so at least I'm trying to go with the trend. And on the weekly chart here that we have with the NASDAQ, as you said, Justin, it kind of came up to the 10-week line, hit that kind of resistance there and it's reversed, and we'll see how it finishes tomorrow. But uh, it, it, it just feels, the whole market just kind of feels weak. It just feels like. It doesn't want to try anymore, right? To, <laughs> right. It, it, it's it's yeah. really strange, and that kind yeah. of concerns me. um, That it, it's before that March rally, you know, you had you had a little bit more enthusiasm, had a little more mm-hmm. strength. But over the last like couple of months, it just seems like they keep getting weaker and weaker, and it's just like, oh, we have a follow through day, let's fail quickly, right? Like, yeah, the follow throughs fail quicker, and yeah, yeah. and the, then there's very, and then there's just no stocks anymore, but. Uh, but, yeah, I, I haven't shorted too much, but but just a couple of indexes right now. Mm-hmm. So you know we're we're off
0: significantly, you know off off the highs on the NASDAQ, of course. I mean, you know, it, it it's gotten to thirty uh, percent at at the lows. and uh, it it could get worse. You know, you have to remember it could get worse. Uh, that's that's one of the things that you have to keep in the back of the your mind, but at the same time hold as an a, a possibility too that, we could be at the bottom, you know. Well, there it probably could is be the a bottom. If I'm
1: shorting now, Joseph.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, we should go from that uh <laughs> that, that psychological market indicator, um, you know. But it, it, it's certainly as easy as it seems sometimes to to short. One of the things you have to also keep in mind is a lot of times in the bear markets you have more volatility, and sometimes that can be tough, especially if you go with a leveraged ETF on the short side. Yeah. You know, so now if you're looking at a two x or a three x, and you get a day like we had on the fall through day, three percent um you know hey that's a that's a 9% move uh against you potentially if you're if you're on one of those 3x shorts so uh you have to be very careful of how heavy you go there um and and everything so there, there there's still a lot to consider but uh when we come back we're going to get into a little bit of that historical let's look at the Nasdaq going down 79% after the 2000 peak uh this will be a little bit chart heavy so for those of you that Um, have the availability, uh, you might want to go to investors.com slash podcast to check out the video on this. Um, But I will be kind of describing things uh, going on with some numbers and some dates. So this is something you can always do at your leisure if you want to take a look at it yourself. But uh, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hey, trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with A.I., Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and discover how to predict market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com to get what you need to find your best entries and exits. That's www.freestockcoaching.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with my partner in crime, Arusha Piras from O'Neill Global Advisors. He's a portfolio manager over there. So, uh, Arusha, we talked a lot about this market and why don't we go uh, back in time a little bit? So uh, for those of you that have MarketSmith, one of the things that I really like to do on MarketSmith is use the change date feature. Um, it just allows you to go back in time and look at things as they were. Uh, certainly, uh, when, when you look at something after, after it's had its big move, you can look and say, oh yeah, three months ago. Uh, yeah, sure, I would have bought that. But it's, it's always important to kind of look at what things look like at the time. Uh, and then also, if you haven't been trading for very long, uh, it's good to kind of learn, learn your history. Learn your history to know how markets have acted in the past because a lot of this stuff, it might not repeat exactly, but it certainly does rhyme, as Mark Twain suggested. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start with um, you know, just kind of the mid-year in 2000. Uh, just you know, Let's maybe start with a weekly chart. And again, I think it's important that people get a sense of how crazy – the, the rally was in 99. Now, keep in mind, I started, uh, I started an investor's business daily in September of 97. So, the first real bear market that I saw was that 1998, um, you know, long-term capital management uh, had their their issues. Um, you had the Russian, um, you know, Russian crisis, uh, the, the, what was it, the asian contagion right. in terms of uh you know a lot of a lot of currency crises that were just spreading uh throughout and um you know then you had this just phenomenal run i mean just we went from 1357 low in september uh, in october of 1998 to a high of 5132 and um again even in 99 i'll say that you know bill was very bearish in September, um, in September of 99. And that's when I started working for him and man, oh, that guy September turned on a dime September, September of day. 99. That's wow. when I first started working for him was September of 99. And the first time I drove him to the airport, he was as bearish as can be. And he was just like, yeah, this is, this has gotten out of control. Um, we really need to correct within a couple weeks. He was buying the heck out of stuff and it was right before, you know, one of the biggest moves that he, you know, that he had in in his career. You know, I mean, he made more money than I mean, he he was increasing stuff by zeros, you know, in terms (laughs) of the portfolio. So it was it was a big, big move for uh, for the firm. I mean, it really kind of changed, changed, changed things dramatically. For for investors, business daily, um, and and William O'Neill and company, for that matter. But let's go ahead and look and see what happened afterwards, because you see that that was a pretty dramatic drop uh, down to the forty week uh, moving average line um, and, and and beyond, and that was just the start. You know, so right now we're in
1: June of two thousand, and if we switch to the daily chart, well, first before we we switch there, I, it, the week of April seventh of two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then the next week of 4,14, 2000, when, when any, everyone gets back at their computers, they they should just take a look at those weeks. The volatility on those two weeks <laughs> yeah. and how big the ranges are, yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it was just taking out months of action uh, of the when the market was going up dramatically. It, it just took it out in, in one week, it took months of work. yeah uh, it, it's it's just amazing the the plummets there
0: right and I mean just as an example maybe pull up Qualcomm just uh now Qualcomm actually did uh, did did top earlier it actually mm-hmm. topped in January right after doing a four for one split yeah. um, you had a lot of analysts coming up and saying hey this is going to a thousand um, it was it topped at like 800 uh, 200 you know after the split um, but you know look at this I mean it was one of those where this had had a two thousand percent move from its It's, you know, cup with handle back in, back in 99 and in one year, 2000%. But then within, as you said, within a matter of, you know, a month or so, you were down 40% off your top, uh, you know, wiping out, you know, a a very big gain that happened at the end, you were wiping it out very quickly as well. So yeah. And that volatility, I mean, I remember I remember there was stuff going on in the biotech world. I mean, remember, this was the Human Genome Project was going on. The biotechs were just, you know, going crazy. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Earnings was something that mm, you don't really need earnings. (laughs) I mean, uh, all you have to do is uh, slap.com on your name and (laughs) uh, that's your business model. So, again, there were certainly certainly excesses that were going on at this time. But uh, again, if we could just kind of switch back to maybe the daily and take a look and see how this kind of unfolded, um, you know, we had that drop down to the 50 day. Uh, It it rallied back above 5,000. And then really, as you said, in April, got, got really ugly very quickly. Um, And, you know, we had, you know, a lot of false follow through days. So just, In this period of time, you know, we had, uh, let me pull up my notes. I'm just going to, we had a a follow through on April 25th, you know, never really got got off the ground. And, you know, we talked about that follow through day undercut. Uh, In that case, it happened within 11 days. Um, Mm -hmm. We had a a May 16th, a follow through day, never really got off the ground. Uh, We had a follow through day undercut within two days. Then we had this follow through day on May 30th. And this one actually did have some setups. Um, you know, I remember that there were some some stocks like SDLI, Sun Microsystems. You still had these tech stocks that were were acting well. Keithley Instruments. Um, th- there were stocks out there, um, and that actually let's go ahead and move forward to December of 2000. We'll just kind of take it another six months, um, and you can see that 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 rally in in May of uh, 2000. I mean, it had a 24% gain. Up until its peak in July, and even... yeah,
1: I think one kind of thing to know about that uh, May thirtieth uh, fall today day and where the rally worked, it did undercut, right? And so you had the the, the there was an undercut where uh, in middle of May it undercut the thirty two twenty seven. So you had a shakeout there. Yeah, and a lot of times we have those kind of shakeouts, mm-hmm. uh, and you get a fall today, day. They they can work. Uh, I mean, there, there have been plenty of examples where they end up working even better uh, when you kind of have that little subtle undercut and then, then they're really kind of going. Right. Right. So you have the undercut and then the follow through day.
0: And look, we got we got back above the 200 day. We got back mm-hmm. above the 50 day moving average line. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Bill was buying, you know, Bill, Bill was and not just buying a little. Buying. Yeah. He was he was he was on margin, you know, at, yeah. at, at one point there, uh, you know, heavy, heavily into corning. Uh, You can pull up GLW. Um, I I remember that was one of the, I mean, look at that. Coming out in May. Yeah.
1: That's perfect. There's a couple. On the follow through day. Yeah.
0: It's It's a key
1: entry there. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and, you know, it had a phenomenal run,
1: um, you know, up through
0: August and September. Now going back to the, going back to the NASDAQ, you know, the NASDAQ kind of had, had that rally kind of topped in July, came in. Um, It, it did it did under you know undercut some of the moving average lines got below its 200 day had another move um but it, and and it wasn't really until the end of august and september that things really kind of started turning south and and that's where bill was you know i, I saw him go from very heavy in corning to nothing in just a matter of days cuz he just wow. didn't like like the way the chart looked right. um but guess what you had um you had some more follow through days, you know, you had one on actually August 17th, you know, so there was another follow through day after kind of that, that undercut below the moving average line. So on August 17th, there was a follow through day, uh, but you only went up 8% until that, that September peak. Um, You had another one on September 28th, never really launched uh, you had, um, a follow through day undercut. And remember when we say undercut, okay. we're talking about a close below. And even that follow through day looked weird. Oh yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not a day that like sticks out. Down. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> in a downtrend. You, you, you know, you stayed above the low, but that was a really weird position for a follow through day. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that one was kind of, you know, easy to kind of ignore. Um, yeah. and then you had another one in October, uh, October 26th, um, you know, but never really made progress. You, you did have some another buy signals come in. Yeah. A very weird, yeah, you know, very weird position. And that was kind of, you You saw a lot of these weird positions because what was happening is you had this very heavy volatility mm. also during this time, which you do get a lot of times in these bear markets. Um, you know, you had a, the follow-through day undercut within 11 days there. Um, December 8th, you had another follow-through day, but... Mm-hmm. Undercut within um, three days, December twenty seventh.
1: Well, you... just before, so December eighth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like a blip on the chart. Yeah, but it was up almost six percent that day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so that's showing. It just how goes to show you the volatility, volatile. right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
0: And and that was that was also one of the reasons why Bill was like, you know, he had always put in his books one percent. You know, was all you need for a follow through day. Yeah, but you know, in ninety nine, he's like. Well, 1%, you can't even see that. That's like tight action, you know, if you look at it. So he, you know, he started kind of moving. It it started becoming a moving target. He, you know, he went to 1.7, he went to 2.2, 2.3, then down to 2.1, back down to 1.6. So it was almost like you had to read the big picture to find out. uh, Well, the big picture didn't exist back then. We had our market column and you almost had to read that to find out what Bill's thinking was at the time, because we had to ask, like, you know, what what, what do you think now? What, what? And he threw out a number and it'd be, you know, he, he could do that a lot of times. He would throw out a number and yeah. then a lot of us would do like studies to kind of say, OK, well, let's let's actually get some numbers behind this, some data instead of just pulling some random number out of the air. And I can't tell you how many times we come up with a number that's like within a tenth of a percent of the number it's he corrupt. just pulled out of, <laughs> pulled out of thin corrupt. air. So, so we had December 8th, we had December 27th, both of them follow through day undercut within three days. Let's go ahead and move forward another six months. So now we'll go to uh, June of 2001. Um, and, you know, we did have this this follow through day kind of in, on January 9th uh, of 2001 that, that seemed like it was gonna possibly work. Um, you know, it, it got above its 50-day moving average line. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that that March rally that we just had. Mm-hmm. Um, it it seemed like it was going going, and then it just kind of fizzled. Um, but it was a it was an 18% move from the follow-through day close, 18-19% uh, until that January 24th peak. Um, but another weird position for the follow-through day. Look at the low. You had that big day, and then you pulled back for three days. Yeah. And then you had your follow through day, like inside that it was just not, not your typical, you know, Mm -hmm. not your typical show of strength. Um, but then let's take a look at this, um, this April 10th, uh, April 10th follow through day. And, you know, keep in mind at this point, we're 63% off our peak and, you know, people are, you know, people have lost a lot of money, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we get this April 10th follow through day that looks a little bit more, it like looks your more legit, I day. think. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, because the- uh,
1: and Justin, I mean, you, you also have three waves down, right? So yeah. you've been going for a year here, but and so you almost had three kind of legs down, three waves down where market comes down, goes up a little bit, then comes down, undercuts the previous mm-hmm. leg, goes up a little bit, undercuts again, right? So you're shaking everyone out, and then finally you get that uh, April one where. I, I would have thought that that, you know, that that would be one that you could that could have been the bottom of this whole bear market. Yeah. And not
0: only that, but you had stocks setting up. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead yeah. and take a look at uh, Pulte Homes, PHM. Um, you yep. beautiful cup with handle, wow. right there. And, and you know, that
1: looks great. Yeah. you
0: know, and 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 this wasn't the only one. You had a number of stocks that were were setting up like this, especially not 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 in the tech area don't get me wrong you know but uh certainly in in different areas and and let's go ahead and take a look at the dow jones industrial average um you know just to kind of get a sense of how different the indexes looked i mean yes this was this was having trouble but not in that downtrend this was just kind of going sideways and slopping around the s p 500 um same thing the nasdaq was very different i mean this was in a downtrend but the S&P 500 was not nearly as damaged as as the NASDAQ composite was. Again, the the tech bubble was was disproportionate on the NASDAQ uh, affected things there. But so we got that pulty home. We've got a follow through day and it it maybe lasted a month. You know, it, it peaked on May 22nd. Um, you had about a 26% gain uh, at, at that point. Uh, so, OK, maybe, maybe you made some money or maybe you just gave it all away by the by the time things were over. Um, Let's go ahead and go forward another um, another six months. So at this point, we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, eight follow through days that have very quickly failed. We've had a couple that maybe you could have played, you know, maybe three. um, But you know, for the most part, it's been, it's been tough going, but at least again, those failures have happened pretty quickly. So, so now here we are in December of Oh one, um, you know, showing, showing that, uh, a couple more follow through days that happened. We got, uh, June 28th, um, failed within, you know, we got our undercut within, uh, four days, um, July 17th. Um, we, we, we got the, we got the follow through day undercut very quickly on that. And again, a lot of these aren't in great position. Um, got the follow-through day undercut, undercut quickly, but it just kind of grinded lower. Um, so, and then you had the the September 11th tragedy. Okay, so you see there's four days where the market is just shut down. And then when it opens up, you know, it, it kind of makes another leg down. Um, but then if you take a look at September 28th, and this is another, you know, yeah, so, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit before you would think, th- I mean, yeah, that yeah. October day really sticks better. out, yeah. you know? Um, but this was also something that was kind of nice as you had the follow through day and you were having subsequent follow through days, you know, you were having follow through days that were kind of showing, Hey, this is, this has got some legs. Um, and I think you had uh gosh, I don't know if any of them exist anymore, so I don't know that we can pull them up, but I remember some of the education stocks I think were doing okay during this time. Uh, some of the defense defense stocks um well maybe you know, like
1: uh lockheed yeah so lockheed's acting okay there
0: yeah uh so yeah i mean you you see how that jumped uh after you know a lot of these defense stocks jumped after right. the market opened um right. following that that shutdown but it it, it may be maybe not evident here when you go back to the nasdaq and you look at this chart but from that follow-through day on the 28th of september that was a forty percent move to the January peak. So let, let, let's maybe go out just a, a, a little bit further, like maybe to uh, February or March of two thousand two. Um, you know, so so yeah, you peaked in you peaked in January, um, and that I was a forty percent move.
1: Yeah, I remember the I definitely remember the October rally because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that that ended up working pretty well and 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 it gave you the feel that okay we're, we're probably done with this
0: yeah yeah right um well,
1: and, you and you know, one all... last shakeout one one yeah. last kind of thing and um
0: you know bill was actually he was actually short um prior to september 11th uh you know it just because of the way a lot of the stocks looked and everything like that um he covered pretty quickly he's just like you know i, I don't want to i don't want to be profiting you know after right. september 11th um you right. know he 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 covered his positions but again he was very quickly kind of shifting and and was was doing some buying after that follow-through day and again a lot of stocks were setting up um so we we, we got through that and um let's go ahead and go go a little bit further you know let's go to uh let, let's go to let's go to October. Uh, and just you know real quickly some of this some of the follow-through days that didn't work here you had um march 4th um you know it, it peaked very quick then just grinded lower mm-hmm. uh, didn't undercut its follow-through day quickly but it just never made any progress may fourteenth, two 2002 um never really you know took off follow-through day undercut within five days uh july 29th um never really got off the ground follow-through day undercut within three days august 14th this one had multiple buy signals Um, yeah and that one got above the 21 day um you know but then it it kind of peaked very quickly because you you didn't get the follow-through day until the 14th so you really kind of only had like a week of gains in the market before uh you just started grinding lower and then eventually undercut the follow-through day within 13 days again a close below there so now let's go ahead and um Let's go to March of 03, and we'll just kind of see how this this finally played out. Um, actually, you know what? Go to go to June of '03, maybe. Um, so October, uh, actually, um, yeah, October fifteenth, uh, two thousand two, you got you got another bottom. This was the, the ultimate bottom of this market. You were off seventy nine percent from your high off the nasdaq
1: i mean um, and, and i think this is just a i mean look how i'm i'm exhausted just looking
0: at it. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah we're, we're, we, we just put we just put three years basically into into 18 minutes um right. and yeah i mean it, living through it it was like oh you know how many follow-through days can you have that fail before you just say you know what the market's never going to work again. You know, it, it's, it's just not conducive to making money. And this is where people throw in the towel, but you finally get the bottom 79% off the peak for the NASDAQ composite, um, October '02. two, but I'll be honest, it wasn't easy going from this bottom. Uh, it, it, you know, you had eBay was one of the stocks that Bill started buying at this point, um, off that bottom. I mean, and look at that, you know, it, it, kind of had this bottoming base but it was back above its 200day moving average line um, just phenomenal move from there but a lot of stocks really didn't start picking up steam. Uh, so you know while that October 02 um, was was the ultimate bottom it it really uh, you know a lot of stocks didn't start moving. what you had was you had another three waves down so if you if you look at the NASDAQ um, you had, a wave down, and then a follow-through day on January 9th. You know, didn't didn't really, you, you got some buy signals, but the follow-through undercut within six days. Then February 27th, you got um, another follow-through day. Never, never really got off the ground. Follow-through day, undercut within six days. And then uh, the boy who lived. It was February 17th, 2003. Uh, that's the one that really kind of worked. And here you go three waves down um what was interesting the by the time this follow-through day happened the accumulation distribution rating was actually at an a minus on the nasdaq Interesting. which you wouldn't expect and and why why was that look at the blue spikes look at the Mm -hmm. blue volume spikes compared to the red volume there just was a lot more spikes on volume to the upside at this point even though the market was kind of drifting lower when it drifted lower though it was on lower volume And then when it was coming up, it was happening on higher volume. So that was a tell the bill was picking up on. Um, And if if we just kind of go out, let's go ahead and go out to 2004, and you can just see that. Now, interestingly, we talked about that 40% move uh, that we had in you know after the September 11th tragedy. Uh, This was actually a 54% move over a year's time, so a much longer period of time. But look at how the the market just held that 50 day moving average line uh, bounced off of it time after time. Uh, this, this was the one that worked. You had a lot of stocks that were, were coming out. Um, Yahoo was a big one. Um, you know, we can't pull that chart up now cause it's been bought out of course. Um, but you know, the, the point is as bad as things got and as much as people were like, Oh, this is never going to work again. Um, you had all those follow through days that failed. Um, you had these rallies that worked but not for very long and then you undercut and went to new lows or you just were grinding it it, and remember this happened over March 2000 was the peak and October 2002 was the bottom but you really didn't have progress being made until March of 03 a full three years you know and that was remember you had a lot of excess beforehand Um, so I'm not saying that this is what we're looking at this time because you didn't have the same amount of excess, but, um, the point is follow throughs that fail quickly. That's telling you something, get out of the way, (laughs) you know, don't be, don't be stuck there saying, well, I'm just going to give it a little bit more room, a little bit more room. Don't go in heavy. Um, and, and, and just, yeah, be, be very light. Um, any, any kind of takeaways from, uh, from this, from
1: you, Arusha? Well, I, I think the the big thing is, first, you have to, even though we, we just highlighted so many falter days that failed, you always have to kind of keep an open mind. Uh, but when you're in a bear market, just know that the odds that, that, that are that there could be a number of failures. The second is that there's going to come a point where the market will actually turn, Yeah. right? We We had gotten to a point in 2002 where no one, would could believe that it would ever, ever turn again. The market would never do well again. Uh, and I think everyone had the absolute right to think that because it was a brutal, brutal two and a half years. But there is going to come a time where it's just going to wear everybody out. And you, you have to kind of just always keep that optimistic hope. Right. And mindset, really, uh, and listen to the market. Right, the market clearly, when you look on the the weekly charts here, the the markets uh, they clearly were for most of those two and a half years. Even though there were there were a few brief rallies that were very, some of them were very very powerful, for the most part the market was saying stay out. Mm-hmm. But once you got around to that March two thousand and three, you started getting above uh, again the the forty week or the two hundred day moving average. You did that a little bit in two thousand and one but there weren't too many other kind of areas where it kind of actually started settling down and then of course i clearly remember 2003 where you started having a lot of growth stocks and amazon and yahoo and uh, netflix yeah uh, all of these innovative net ease at that point mm-hmm. right all these innovative companies were actually breaking out and they were starting to work and and the market will just slowly pull you in And slowly pull you in and there'll be times where they'll pull you in even when markets aren't great but then they'll quickly push you out kind of like the the corning uh, example that you were uh, talking about justin with bill he was heavily invested but then within a matter of days once he started seeing the market turn the market quickly pushed him out Mm -hmm. but 2003 started slowly pulling everyone in again uh and this time it didn't push you out right so so you just kind of have to listen to the market, and the most important thing, never kind of give up on the market. Yeah, never give up. I mean, that was something that Bill would, you
0: know, often, often say, you know, even if you got really pushed around, um, certainly learn from your mistakes. That's important, but uh, don't give up because, you know, he always had that belief that, you know, anyone can do this. Um, And the opportunities after these devastating markets are tremendous this is where you can have those life-changing years so um you know that that's that's what you have to look forward to and uh i think a reason why you know for a lot of us that have been doing this for a while uh we almost welcome you know we welcome the 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 downtrend we welcome you know hey let's set fire to it all because we know (laughs) that from the ashes you know the phoenix will rise and it will be you know even even better and um the opportunities will be greater. So, uh, that's, that's kind of the optimistic note to leave off on. And when we come back, uh, we will go ahead and take a look at some stocks. We might have a shorter segment this time around. Um, but also as a reminder, uh, for those of you that may be listening, um, and want to take a look at the video, you can always go to investors.com slash podcast to kind of see this laid out for you. Um, or if you have MarketSmith change the date and I try to give you the dates so you can look exactly and see you know, study some of these uh, on on your own time. So we'll be right back. Hey trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with AI. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and discover how to predict market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com to get what you need to find your best entries and exits. That's www.freestockcoaching.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Pierce from O'Neill Global Advisors. And uh, it's time to look at some stocks. So we were kind of saying it's 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 slim pickings out there. But there are still some stocks that are surprisingly looking like nothing has happened uh, in the markets lately. So, um, Arusha, what are some of the stocks that are on your radar? And maybe you could share how you're finding some of these stocks.
1: Yeah, the, it, it's they're kind of on my radar, but it's more they're on the near pivot radar. Uh-huh. Right. So, so yeah, I, I right before this segment, we I, we just open up the near pivot list, let the algorithm kind of go through the database and look for patterns. And healthcare is the is really the 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 one sector or one of the few sectors that's really holding in there. Uh, and so it's not a surprise that you saw we, we saw some uh, healthcare stocks here. So Centene is one. Mm-hmm. forming a double bottom as you said justin it, it kind of looks like it's like a oh, bad market bear market what bear market right because it's been going sideways and just slowly setting up finding support on the 200 day the relative strength line hanging new high uh and the uh, the pivot for the the stock is 87.34, so it is within three percent of that and so here here's uh, an idea that uh one of the few ideas that potentially could be bought you know if, if it starts to break out here mm-hmm.
0: and just on the fundamental side you know what's what's interesting is uh, well first of all the group isn't you know this isn't alone centine is not alone here it's the group is number 30 out of 197 um so there are other members in this group um you know united united health unh i mean there's 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 a lot in the area that are are looking interesting, um, but also when you go to that weekly chart and you see, you know, we'll we'll use either a three-year or five-year earnings growth rate, and 18% is pretty decent. Uh, that that's you know not not at the 20-25% level that we generally like to see for an annual number there, but the earning stability at 10, um, that that makes it stick out. You know, the lower number there, the better. Uh, so it's a number from one to ninety nine uh, 10 is pretty stable uh, so even though you can see some quarters where you know there's some red numbers where you see negative thirty seven percent, negative you know forty eight percent overall there has been some solid growth in this company and uh, if if that can continue, um, you gotta figure that you know back when back just a couple years ago when, Earnings didn't seem to matter. Right. It was just revenue, revenue, revenue. And, um, you know, people didn't care about earnings. But look, when you get into a market environment where, uh, you know, liquidity is being taken out from the Fed, um, you know, it's it's the old joke about when the when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. And Right. uh, right now, I think a lot of people are looking at hey, what are the fundamentals of, of the company? You know, Is this something that actually has some solid numbers? Uh, I don't think the high PE ratios are in favor as much anymore. So, um, you know, there, there, there's stuff on the fundamental side there, too, uh, not just the technical side.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I, they all kind of line up, right? Hmm. There's so few stocks that kind of have this profile, a little bit more conservative profile, actually uh, earning. Uh, so you have more and more funds kind of, rushing towards these names which provides that relative strength
0: mm-hmm. and i mean that's that's the benefit of kind of our our system here is that you are using both the fundamental and the technical you know that was something that just wasn't done that much when bill first started out but he was like hey there, there's there's value to both so why not use all of the tools that you have at your disposal so mm-hmm. uh what, what else came up uh, for you on this screen harusha uh,
1: the the second one, if I can remember it correctly, McKesson. Uh, there you go yeah. <laughs> i was telling justin before we, we started this third segment i was like yeah my memory's pretty bad and so there's an example <laughs> of justin right there but well uh, you have to make sure you don't get it
0: uh mixed up with mccormick the spice uh <laughs> the spice yes, maker. So some, that was that was happening for uh for some of us for a little while so um, now
1: now, yeah, so now mckesson if you want to talk about a, a strong prior uptrend here here's wow. uh this is a, a very very powerful move for mckesson and well done, McKesson, especially in this type of market. It it's been a rocket ship and it's forming a flat base now. It got back above the 50 day moving average. That relative strength line's right at new highs. It's getting a blue dot. It's within 3% of breaking out. Uh and so here's another one that's within striking distance that uh is 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 in that few selective uh stocks that's been acting really well over over like the last six months or so. Mm-hmm.
0: Very solid numbers uh, for the quarterly. Uh, we see just going back fifteen percent, thirty four percent, twenty eight percent, and then hundred uh, percent. Th- that's from most recent to uh, furthest back in terms of its earnings growth. Uh, earnings growth rate thirteen percent, a little lackluster, uh, but earnings stability of eight. Uh, you know, for for some of these larger companies, I mean, this has got a forty seven billion dollar market cap. Um, you know, it, it's certainly sticking out in terms of relative strength on the EPS side too and that EPS rating at a 90 is kind of telling you that it's in the 90th percentile in terms of its earnings compared to all the other stocks in our database and um, you know that that, that's pretty impressive so even though it's a little lackluster um, the earnings estimates for 2023 mm, you know not not showing much growth 2024 single digit growth um, still it's it's much better than a lot of things out there Um, speaking of earnings just, just real quick, Arusha, we've got earnings season. You know, we're, we're about to close the quarter tomorrow, and you know, of course, those earnings uh, reports are going to start filtering out shortly after that. Um, is that something you're concerned about? Like, you know, how do how do companies kind of look at the rest of this year and guide? Once these earnings reports come out, could
1: we see some some ugliness? Yeah, I'm, I'm always concerned about earnings, Justin, because of <laughs> what they're, what they're going to report, but more importantly, what they're going to say. Yeah. And I think a lot of eyes are on this this quarter uh, specifically, because mm-hmm. you, you, you had some kind of warnings in Q1. I think the thinking is that you're going to have a lot more warnings th- right. this time around where now the kind of the effects of inflation and Mm -hmm. and the the rates uh, rising and the ability that they can't borrow capital anymore or they have to borrow it at such a high rate that it's affecting their ability to kind of fund some of their projects Mm -hmm. Uh, i think we're going to hear all about that throughout a lot of different industries right so yeah i'm 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 very concerned about uh, this quarter Uh, We could have a number of uh, revisions downward, Mm -hmm. where there may say for the rest of the year, we're revising our numbers down. Some of the companies are going to revise them down dramatically. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond reported this morning. And I mean, this now the stock has already been terrible. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But they reported this morning and they said, you know what, things are even worse. Yeah. And the CEO is leaving. Right. So this is kind of one end of the extreme of companies that were already really struggling and they're in retail and they're uh, they, they obviously can't get the funding anymore. And, and everything's kind of falling apart. Uh, but you're going to see uh, other companies that are. Or probably come out of the blue where it's like wow we thought that they were doing pretty well and they may surprise to the downside so we'll have to wait and see but th- this next month's gonna be very very interesting and and the ticker symbol on uh, bed bath and beyond of
0: course is bbby uh a great example of how look you know a stock that went down from 50 dollars, over 50 dollars, down to six and you think well it can't go any lower well guess what yes it can now it's trading just below five dollars with uh a big drop uh, today. So um, yeah, it's they, they can always go lower. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and round out this discussion. Uh, well, we also uh, looked at McKesson MCK and um, Centene CNC. Let's go ahead and round out the discussion with Service uh, Core, that's SCI. And uh, uh, again, this is one that, geez, you look at how it's holding up and it's almost like what correction, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, this one, uh... It, it's, it's hanging there quite well, forming a double bottom within 3% of a pivot and uh, 4% of its 52-week highs, relative strength line hitting a new high, it's getting a blue dot. Uh, and now the earn, earnings and sales, I'll, I'll let you go through that, Justin. But I, I think the, the one kind of downer on this is that it's a funeral company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you're starting to see funeral companies, and we've been seeing – SCI, and I think I brought up SCI in you know, yeah. MBD Live like three or four months ago, yeah. because it was at the top of the radar at that point. You know, when, when you see a company like this starting to filter to the top, you, you, you know you're probably in a, a pretty good bear market.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess the one downside of, um, of stocks like this, not not funeral specific, but more on that defensive side, is, you know, you look at its long-term history, and it just doesn't usually outperform the S and P 500 for very long. Um, it's one of those where it usually, um, the, the outperformance only comes from it not going down as much, but it usually doesn't go up that much either. So you almost have to wonder, you know, are you, are you kind of getting a low return potentially, um, you know, for it? I mean, it's, it, it's not that it's, it's gone down. I mean, it's had a nice run over the last 10 years, but, yeah. um, not not really outperform the S and P 500 in a big way uh, when you think about the extra risk you're taking on with a single stock as opposed to owning 500. Um, right. al- although your your relative strength isn't versus the
1: S and P 500. What is your relative strength versus? Oh, this is against Aqui. Let me let me switch it over. Um, let's see here.
0: Yeah, I just noticed that. So hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully, at all, everything I said Absolutely. still makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, it still has e- even even well, more so. A little bit more flat. It's a little bit yeah, a little, but, little yeah. bit more flat relative strength line uh, long term. So again, that's fairly typical again of a lot of your defensive names. But uh, uh, you know, just kind of getting back to the healthcare, uh, a lot of people do look at healthcare as defensive. But how do you view it? Because I mean, we've certainly seen some of the healthcare companies. I mean, Bill loved medical. You know, he had a lot of stocks. When you consider Syntex was kind of the the one that put him on the map, and then Amgen was another big winner of his. Um, you know, medical was an area. Do you do you look at medical as just defensive, or
1: do you, uh, do, you do you view it differently? Well, um, uh, I you definitely can view it as both. I generally don't view it as defensive, but it is definitely defensive. But um, and this is kind of just really kind of learning. Uh, can slim and uh, you know hearing bill over the years uh, the, there are there are plenty of great growth ideas out there and mm-hmm. and some of bill's biggest winners were healthcare stocks right because they're changing the world and so it's such a huge industry a big sector that yeah you're, you're going to have plenty of defensive ideas there and yeah uh, healthcare is always going to be there and it's always going to be needed but there's always going to be innovation there too so it really is kind of a little bolt. Uh, but I, I always kind of, when I, when I hear healthcare, I generally kind of think of the growth because what's that new innovation? You, you were yeah. mentioning the biotech stocks. Uh, so I'm, I'm always thinking more of that versus like a centine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, speaking of healthcare, that's going to wrap it up for us today. But next week, we're going to have Nina Decca on from RoboGlobal. She's a senior analyst there. And, uh, you know, she's been on a number of times. And I just love all of the insights she gives us on healthcare and, um, you know, the, the innovations that are going on there, especially using Artificial intelligence, automation, um, all of the things that Robo Global uh, specializes in. So we're looking forward to having Nina back on next week. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Thanks a lot for uh, watching, and thank you, Arusha, for being here again. As always, we'll see you next week. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcasts at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.